0: This is Jay, and you're listening to the Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J.
1: Hi there. My name is Amy J. Before we get on with the show, I wanted to explain a few things. Some of the initial episodes of Chasing Dreams was originally part of my other show, Amy J Live, over at amyj21.com. Because of that, this episode you are listening to now may mention a different episode number, and you may hear reference to Amy J Live. Don't let that confuse you. This is episode number two of Chasing Dreams. And now, on with the show.
2: Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J.
1: Hey there, this is Amy J live episode number eight coming to you with my friend Jay, who is a national recruiter. And today we're talking all about the hiring process and giving some career advice. And so we cover things from your cover letter to your resume, to references, to thank you notes, the entire process. So hopefully it'll give you some advice and guidance as you apply for jobs if you're doing so and if you find it useful please share it with anyone else who may be applying for jobs or looking to make moves in this new year so let's get to it welcome jay thank you so much for taking the time to join me and in kind of just talking about what the hiring situation is right now and a lot of people have been coming to me and saying you know um Amy, I'm looking for a job. Can you look at my resume? Can you read my writing sample? And you know, after so many people did that, I figured I'd reach out to you. And for those of you who, who aren't familiar, Jay is a uh, senior national recruiter for an international nonprofit organization that helps a lot of corporations. And I've actually gone to Jay. Um, he's looked at my resumes. He's helped me out in looking for jobs also. Um, and so I just figured I'd have Jay on the show and just see if he can give us an idea of what's going on and maybe some tips on what people should and shouldn't be doing, whether you're in high school, going to college, looking for internships or college graduates, or just even unemployed people trying to find jobs. I mean, the situation applies to everyone. So um, thanks again for coming, Jay. I appreciate that.
0: Not a problem. Thank you for having me. I appreciate (laughs) the time.
1: So, Jay, what's what's the market look like right now? I mean, it's been so up and down, but right now, what would you say?
0: Um, I would say, I mean, in comparison to the worst of the worst years that we've had in the past, uh, the market is definitely looking a little bit better, um, uh, despite what the media try tells us sometimes. Uh, there are jobs out there. Now, obviously, there are plenty of jobs out there. The problem is finding the right people for the right jobs. Uh, you have a lot of folks who were laid off, who are looking for jobs, or folks who are looking for new jobs. Um, the fact that There aren't plentiful of jobs, meaning there still has to be some level of competition uh, with the jobs that are available. Um, So the challenge for a lot, I I imagine, for a lot of recruiters and a lot of companies is not that there aren't enough jobs to to fill some. It's more finding the right applicants for the right jobs, because the one thing as a recruiter I know on the reverse side of it is when I know that the market isn't the greatest I know I can now pick the best of the best. I don't have to settle much anymore. So I think the competition is a little bit fierce because there aren't plentiful of jobs, but there are definitely jobs available out there for those that are well-qualified for positions.
1: Now, now you said the competition is fierce, and I had a friend who actually applied for a job, and she's just came out of school, was applying for an entry-level job, and she hadn't heard from these people for, like, uh, a month after she interviewed, and she reached back to say, hey, just wanted to see what, what the status was, and they told her that the position was filled. And the thing was, not that it was filled, but that it was filled by someone who had 10 years' experience for an entry-level job. Is that is that normal, or is that like an anomaly kind of situation?
0: So, so you're saying this friend of yours has 10 years of experience?
1: No, she didn't get the job because someone who had 10 years of experience Any? was hired.
0: Oh, gotcha. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things, like I said, so as a company, if you know the market's fierce out there, uh, you're going to take the best of the best because you probably don't have to pay them as much because they're desperate to take a job too. You know, so it's, it's. I mean, it's crazy when you look at it from all angles. So you have senior citizens that are looking for jobs who have all the experiences in the world, but they come at a very much higher salary requirement because of where they come from and from salary scale. So a company is going to turn away a senior citizen who, as well qualify for the job based on years and years of experience and take somebody who doesn't want as much of a salary and will still do the job. They don't mind teaching a little bit when they get there. Or on the back end of it, you have a recent grad who by all means qualify for these jobs and they have great internship experiences from from undergrad. But you have somebody who has 10 years of experience who's willing to work at that same wage that that undergrad is looking for. Why wouldn't I take somebody with 10 years of experience knowing that They bring a whole lot more than a recent undergrad would. Now, I mean, from a recruiter standpoint, there's a risk in that. Uh, For me, when I hire somebody who I know is well overqualified for the job, I hire them knowing that they might leave me soon. Once the economy gets better, they're not going to stick around with this one job that they're well overqualified for. It's a temporary thing. And as a recruiter, I'm taking a risk to say, I'm going to get the best out of them, even if they're only here for 10 months. So a lot lot of hiring decisions are being made based on a lot of risk uh, assessments. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, unfortunately, folks fall on the wrong side of that equation sometimes.
1: So you're right. It is just competitive. Regardless of which way you look at it, senior citizens are competing and young people are competing. It's just across the board.
0: Yeah, the entire gamut is, is competing for the same positions, and it's weird how that works. But, but different companies have different philosophies about how they go about hiring folks. Like for me, you wouldn't catch me hiring you know somebody who's who has a doctorate for entry-level position because that's just setting yourself up for, for failure. Um, that's me. That's management risk. That's me trying to manage somebody who has a doctorate thing they know everything but for an entry-level job. It's not worth the headache, yeah. especially when there are so many folks two, three years out of school who will do the exact same job for a cheaper wage. But everybody has a different philosophy around it. Seen to work in the complete opposite direction. I'm like, wait, what is that? who did that? Why would they do that? Well, <laughs> you never know. You just never know.
1: So you kind of just base it on not just your own philosophy, but what is the company philosophy of, of how they believe or operate?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, every company has their own approach. Every recruiter has their own approach. Every hiring manager has their own approach. So unfortunately, what it leaves job seekers with this void when they think that, you know, I just wasn't qualified. That's not necessarily true. Maybe you were qualified. They just had a different approach about it.
1: Is there a way to like kind of research that and see uh, like not just maybe save time, or instead of wasting your time applying for I don't know uh, company X that doesn't even hire unless you have X skills? You know, is there is there some kind of research that people can do to kind of help themselves?
0: Uh, Unfortunately, the most research you can do—I mean, this is just from Jay's—I mean, there's some other information I'll share with you, but uh, from a from Jay's perspective, the only research you should be doing is with the company website and the job description. Because at the end of the day, the companies who really, really know what they're doing are going to have detailed job descriptions or job postings to let you know what they're looking for, Mm -hmm. and they're going to hire to that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. The best qualified person for that job description and know that you're going to fit their company culture. Obviously, you have to know a little bit about the company culture to make sure you want to be there. Because sometimes, if I know I have a picking of 15 qualified candidates, I'm going to pick the person who's going to fit my culture. So I don't, you know, because I'm, I'm not thinking about retention for the long term. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick somebody out of desperation to pick somebody who I know they're not going to fit in very well here. I, yeah. I won't do that because I have too many candidates to pick from. So for me, the company culture, you can get that information from the website and the job description are the two places you can go. Now, some other folks will advise you differently. They're going to tell you to go look at what employees of the company are saying about practices. They're going to tell you to go look at, you know, and there's a website out there right now. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Basically, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a website where employees of the company go rate their own employers
1: oh, yeah. anonymously. Huh. right yeah <laughs> it's kind of like that yeah, rape, it's, it's, rape um, my, rape, it was like rate rate my professor when rape, we were in college
0: exactly um, it's the exact same thing right but for so employees. um yeah it, yeah it's just it's just weird I'll, I'll give you the website in a second but i mean I, I tell folks when you go look at websites like that be very careful because you know folks who are doing really really well in their jobs don't necessarily take time to go rate their employers
1: because they're, enjoying they're
0: too it. busy doing well at work
1: <laughs> they're having a great time <laughs>
0: Right. Exactly. It's the folks that are bitter, who are mad, who are, you know, idle at work, who have time for those things. I mean, no, they, they have mixed feedback, you know. Um, uh, so just be very careful about those things.
1: That's a very good uh, point I mean,
0: unfortunately, ask. a lot of times you're not going to really find these things out once you actually push the apply button. And then you have to read. Then you see how they treat you through the application process. You know, For us in the industry, we call it a candidate engagement mm-hmm. um, or candidate, you know, the engagement process, really, is, you know, how do they treat you as a candidate? Because sometimes you might be bummed out you didn't get that job. But if you really think about how you were treated throughout the hiring process, maybe you're lucky you didn't get that job.
1: That's a great point, actually.
0: thats <laughs> It's tough to digest for someone who's desperate looking for a job.
1: Yeah. And, you know, rejection hurts, but that is actually a great way to look at it as a silver lining. Maybe you lucked out with the fact that they took five months to get back to you or never responded right. to something you said. You know, it does show. Exactly.
0: Right. Like if you, I mean, especially if you did an interview mm-hmm. with someone. Yeah. And they don't even have the respect to give you a call back and let you know how you did. You're, you're dodging something.
1: Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. And and hopefully people will start looking at it that way. You know, don't always think of it as a rejection, but maybe you just kind of skated by. And it's not a missed opportunity, but uh, thank God you missed it.
0: Yeah. And, and the website is Glassdoor.com.
1: Glassdoor.com.
0: Do, yeah, Glassdoor. Don't
1: they also put salary information on that site?
0: They do, actually. They do. I mean, but it's all all reported by the employees, right? So the employees will give uh, ranges of salaries. You never really know where the person falls in that range. Mm-hmm. You know, you, so for example, if you look at a financial services organization where they hire entry level analysts, they're just going to put title analysts. $47,000 a year average, but you could have senior analysts that are making a whole lot more. I mean, it's good to get, I give you a snapshot. I just say, take the information. I mean, Glassdoor.com is a great website. Don't get me wrong. But you have to take the information with a grain of salt, you know, with a fine tooth comb and realize that it's all self-report.
1: OK. Okay. Yeah, that's a very good point. And all the websites, anything we mention, uh, in this podcast will be on the website. I'll post it up there for you. Uh, glassdoor.com, including Jay's website, which we'll talk more about later, uh, remainemployable.com. We will have on the website so you guys can check it out. So don't like kill yourself trying to write it down. It's, it'll be available online. So Jay, with the number of different industries, is there, it, have you seen like a, a one industry doing more, better than another or is it kind of, Everything is doing well right now, relatively.
0: Uh, I mean, there, there are some that are just very blatant. They're not doing very well at all, right? I mean, I, I talk to college students all the time. When we talk about job outlook, there are just some some majors that are not going to do as well with job search. like your civil engineers of the world, right? Nobody's mm-hmm. really serious about building up this country. So civil engineering jobs <laughs> are not there as much, right? Gotcha. Uh, you know, I mean, so for me, even when we... Find talent for these companies that we're looking for in the engineering sector most of the time we're focusing our search around mechanical engineers electrical engineers and computer engineers civil engineering is really the bottom of that list uh, for, for the most part um and in the middle there you have like structural engineering which is also the bottom of the list like civil um, but i mean there are some industries that are doing better than others but honestly i don't know that any industry out there right now is like booming while some of them are not Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, obviously, the tech sector is going to continue boom, but the tech sector has been booming for a long time. Now, it's not a matter of, oh, they just have plenty of jobs. Well, they have plenty of jobs in specific skill set.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you can go to college all you want and get a computer engineering degree, but if you don't come out with certain programming languages mastered, if you don't come out with certain certifications that are going to help you with the actual jobs in the industry, you're going to be looking for a job like everybody else oh another valid point okay. that makes sense yeah so there's certain, i mean there's for certain specific skill set like especially in the, in the computer engineering computer science world you know programming languages are changing every single day right
1: yeah so
0: i mean one thing i'm encouraging students to do now is before you graduate think of what the hot certifications are in your field and see if they have a student version of it that you can get certified in
1: mm-hmm.
0: or like project management i think the project management institute might have a junior PMP certification that you might be able to get, I think, if they they have those things, those things would stand out on your resume versus just getting a college degree from a school because everybody else is getting a college degree from a
1: school. And then getting that junior certificate, if it exists, kind of stands you out more.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Would you recommend that they go ahead and get that? Because I know some people have the mindset that they want to get hired so that the company will just pay for it because, you know, money's tight in this economy. But do you think it's more of an investment?
0: It's definitely a much better investment, right? You already invested all that money to get a college degree that's not going to help you out that much anyway. Mm-hmm. Put a little extra thousand dollars in there and go get, the, get the certification. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, Jay, are you saying that they shouldn't get a college degree?
0: I'm not saying that at all. College just, degree is a good equalizer.
1: I just had to be right. clear about the that. Jay is not saying is
0: <laughs> I'm
1: like, just to be clear, Jay is not saying don't get a college degree. I mean, it's
0: true, though. For example, I would never say that because my parents would slap me, right? <laughs> but, so just for example, I, I read recently that there is this whole new model of education that's going on on the West Coast for the most part in some New York City areas mm-hmm. where folks go into like computer engineering boot camp for like eight months, nine months. They pay all this money to go to this boot camp with the idea that they're going to sleep and breathe coding and engineering, software engineering for eight months. So by the time they graduate, they can literally land a job or in, in, in Silicon Valley or whatever it is, making 80K a year right away, right? Wow. So you have folks who had careers in marketing who are now doing this boot camp because they realize I can go back and get a job here because there aren't jobs in marketing.
1: Yeah. Or
0: folks who don't have a college degree who want to do that. But for me, you better be a superstar in that environment because even that 80K a year is only sustainable for so long. That's true. Without a college degree. It's now we're talking about the liberal arts education that you get with a college degree that's going to help you get into management and things like that
1: i just think it's funny because when you came off it was like worth more than a college degree i was like now nah, jay's not saying don't get a degree <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah please and honestly though in this economy for some folks they're better off going back to school that's one way to hide it during the, during the job search and not feel the pain go back to school. And, you know, eventually you want to, everybody wants a a company who's going to pay for their education anyway. Yeah. But a lot of companies are being very tight-fisted with the whole idea of paying for education because of the economy. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, they're redefining what those benefits look like. So if you are, if you've been out of school for a year and you're still looking for a job, go spend some time investing some money into a certification that's going to help you market you a little bit better. Or I hate to say it, go back to Sally Mae. And get some more money, <laughs> and go get another degree. Because while you are now in graduate school, you're able to do in- internships, or research projects, or research to get additional skills that will help you out on the back end when you finally grad. When you- will time the economy recovers, a lot more.
1: Now, Jay, you were talking about internships. Is that because you think it's better for people to have experiences on their r- resume?
0: I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're a college student today, if you don't have internships on your resume, or you know research experiences whatever your industry requires for you to do well you know shame on you really yeah it's really, there's no other way to put it because college education is not enough anymore yeah uh, you have students who really chase down an internship for every semester that they're in school and then every summer they're in school they're having an internship imagine graduating next to that person
1: yeah i think i would probably hire the, the person that had the internships because they have more experience
0: equalizer on top of that is experience your experience now speaks a whole lot more for you and i have students who are literally hustling every day and they make sure that every semester they're doing something to make sure their resume is like stacked by the time they graduate because there are still folks who are graduating who are out there in the field that people are chasing after companies are chasing after them
1: oh so that's not just something that you see on like movies that companies are actually going after people that actually happens
0: Oh, no, trust me. I mean, I just had a conversation with a young lady the other day. She just finished her computer engineering degree um, at uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison, and she's asking for advice around salary negotiations, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So she's asking me to help her do the salary negotiation and come up with a strategy for it. So I'm asking her, what did they offer you so we can figure out exactly how to come up with a strategy for this? Mm-hmm. She's been offered $120,000 starting salary with $20,000 signing bonus. Fifteen thousand dollars in moving expenses and twenty thousand dollars worth of stock in Apple.
1: What?
0: Just, yeah. She,
1: she wanted to renegotiate that.
0: <laughs> yeah, she wants to get more.
1: <laughs> um, so, <would> you, <laughs> did she? Was she able to get more?
0: No, no, definitely uh, not.
1: I was like, that's an amazing package,
0: right? But I mean, but obviously, she did something to deserve that.
1: Yes, for them to offer it, absolutely.
0: Right. So there are people out there who are not going to complain about the job market because they're getting offers like this.
1: So you're what what you're saying really is that we need to work hard and just kind of bust our butt because the competition is fierce. So
0: it is. But yeah, I mean, you know, the old tale where our parents told us to just go to college, you get a job afterwards doesn't exist anymore.
1: Now, that is something important to, to say. That is something that I have heard all my life. And that's something that I'm sure people are hearing now, and that's almost a myth, I would say. Or would you? It's a myth
0: today. Yes. I
1: I mean, it's not as easy to get out of school and find a job. I know people who graduate from law school, and, you know, lawyers, everyone expects lawyers to be making six figures off the bat. That is not true. I mean, Jay could probably confirm that. Is that true that lawyers make?
0: Definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. No, definitely not. I know a lawyer right now who finished law school from a great school, actually, who's making $45,000 a year. Okay. So if you're going to go spend money getting those additional degrees, make sure you really love
1: it. And look into it. I mean, it's not that you can't be a lawyer and make money, um, but make sure you enjoy whatever you, you are doing. So one of the things, you know, I mean, you guys get all these things. One of the main things that people, the first thing, maybe even that people look for when, when going for a job is the resume. I mean, what do you what do you have to say about resumes yes. and what people do? I mean, it's a first impression, I would think.
0: Uh, definitely, it's a first impression. I mean, I tell people all the time your resume walks a lot faster than you do, um, <laughs> especially in this online digital world when people are like literally checking you out or they're making decisions about you before they even know who you are as a person um, based on what they see on paper. So, resume automatically is definitely a first impression thing. And it still amazes me till today with all the tools and resources available online, how much crappy resume there is out there from people who are adults, let alone college students. Yeah. I actually had a student recently, I gave him feedback on his resume. He responded back to me and said, Well, I went to my career center four different times, and this is the, what I, they, they approved this. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, No, I'm telling you, go back to your career center. They're failing you because they should not have approved this.
1: I mean, that's kind of nerve-wracking because if you can't go to your career center and you know trust that whatever they give you is going to get you hired or at least in the door
0: yeah all career centers aren't built the same I'll say that much but the good thing is there's so many resources online sometimes it's too much information Mm -hmm. but if you go out there you're gonna find stuff you know I mean I suggest if somebody's looking for a job and they might be questioning what their resume looks like you need to go to people who actually have jobs who are doing well in their jobs and ask to see their resume
1: never thought to do that see what
0: right because
1: mm-hmm.
0: sometimes you judge your own you judge against your own standard but go out there and ask three different people who, who are in your industry who have normal resumes like everybody else and ask them to see their resume
1: i never thought to do that
0: because they were employable with their res- obviously
1: right because they were hired
0: Right, and I was talking about people that are recently hired too. Right, so if you're talking about somebody who's been working in the same company for ten years, they might not have updated their resume in ten years.
1: So look at someone recently, within the last year or something,
0: in your industry, and be very careful that you know that these people are successful and they're making money. It's I mean, this relative, but yeah, making money, especially in the corporate sector, Mm -hmm. because I've seen folks directors and nonprofits with crappy resumes. And the first thing I have to tell myself is, of course, they're non-profits. They are nonprofits. they do not really have standards when it comes to those things. <laughs> a lot of them don't. Don't switch it is, right? It's like, it's like the government. You don't need a good, great resume to get a job in the government. Let's be clear about that. You need to be able to fill, it, fill that do that system thing that they have.
1: Yeah, USA Jobs, which... Yeah, I- there you go you know as that's another myth you can be hired from usa jobs um i am proof of that i, I had a government job at one point and i got the job through usa jobs color me surprised but i was hired it took three months but
0: yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't even talk to people about usa jobs i refuse to deal with it
1: it's crazy i just did a stab in the dark application didn't think i would hear anything because i hadn't for two months and then the third month i got an interview it was weird uh but USA, you are a lucky person. i know i'm a rarity i'm like a unicorn uh in that sense <laughs> which is why i'm saying it's it's it happens it's rare that you get hired by usa yeah. jobs i guess but that's probably another podcast entirely uh because usa Be jobs sure. is just a headache for everyone
0: yeah don't invite me to that podcast i don't know nothing <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair, fair enough. I will not invite you. I don't even know if I want to do a USA job. Y'all are going to have to tell me if you want a USJ, USA jobs podcast, because I personally, it was torture doing it. So you'd have to convince me to do one. And then I'd have to find someone who's versed in it because Jay apparently is not going to do it.
0: <laughs> Definitely not. I, I mean, if I'm just going to drop just one little nugget about resumes. Right. Yeah. And I've just been doing a lot of resume trainings lately. Mm-hmm. And I realized okay, and it's finally the theme always. So, for me, I think most people on their resume, besides the formatting and just legibility of their resume, one of the biggest ways that they sell themselves short is what we call task statements on their resume. Task statements are basically those bullet points under your experiences where you talk about what you did at that job, right? Most people don't do a very good job of writing out their task statements in a way that makes sense.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay?
0: So cute. Key, two key roles of task statements. I'll I'll leave it at that for anybody who needs this. All task statements should begin with an action verb, right? Mm-hmm. Participated in, collaborated with, blah blah blah, right? That's definitely important. If it's a job you're currently at right now, your your action verb should be present tense. If it's a job that you don't do anymore because it's an end date, should be past tense, right? And there are folks who have resumes with like ten task statements under one job. That's too much.
1: Yeah, it's so, so. find
0: a way to condense Maybe five or six bullet points no more than six bullet points because if, if, your job cannot be that complicated really okay what? five to six bullet points if it's really that complicated pick the five six most important bullet points for the job you want and put those down and here's a website that i'll give everybody i've been sharing this a lot lately i don't know that when they designed this website it was for this purpose but you know what whatever It's a federal government database. Federal government is good for something in some cases. It's a federal government database. It's like a taxonomy of jobs, basically. You go to that website, you type in a job, a a general job description, a general job title like clerical assistant or, you know, cashier or project manager. And they'll give you a list of a bunch of different job titles that correlate with the one you put in. And then you can click the one that best suits the one you're looking for. And what they do is literally break down what the person in that job does for a living on a day to day basis. And they're all written out in very good task statement forms. And all you have to do is customize it to your experience.
1: And so, what so you that? don't have
0: a cashier saying collected cash. What does collected cash tell me? Nothing. Yeah, it doesn't really. Right. So the website so onetonline.org. So o n e t o n l i n e dot o r g.
1: I didn't know this site existed.
0: Top right-hand corner is, a search bo- is the search box.
1: Just put the occupation in. It actually tells you occupation quick search. So um, once again, that's o- onetonline.org, and it'll be on the site to check out. Now, let's, when you talk about resumes, let's talk about length real quick. One page?
0: Mm-hmm. Two page? One page. Unless you're a superstar. If you're a regular Joe Blow like myself... I would say, my, my this is just Jay, Jay's general rule, right? My general rule is for every five years that you work professionally, not college, professionally, mm-hmm. with a professional job, you deserve another page, maybe.
1: Ah, so even that's a maybe.
0: Yeah, because most of them, is, what I'm basically saying now is most people don't need the second page until they're 30. Okay. Maybe twenties, right? Because the idea here is this. I'm not as patient looking through resumes. I don't want to pick up a book when I look at a resume. But I also don't want you to sell yourself short. If you've been working for eight years and you have great experiences in eight years with three different companies, and you want to be able to show me everything that you're doing, it's okay to have two pages. Don't get me wrong. But the folks who are forcing two pages is where I have a problem. That makes sense. Now, there are some high school students. I met a high school student recently who had a three-page resume. Three pages? She's a high school senior.
1: With three pages? Yeah.
0: But you know what? I had, a, I had a very difficult time bringing her p- resume down from three pages to one page. Why? Because her mother had been forcing her into every single engineering science camp since she was in the seventh grade.
1: Oh. So do you just pick... So experience? summers
0: she's doing... I mean, so I mean, it was a matter of rearranging information because at the end of the day, you're still a high school senior. Yeah. All these things were camp experiences, not job experiences. So it's not, it's a matter of not having to explain every single experience. Mm-hmm. We we'll still list all of them. Some are in list format. Some of them explain a little bit more detail. It's being creative about how the information is packaged now.
1: That seems to be also uh, a challenge because, I mean, there are only so many fonts people want to see and so many uh, ways you can write your name, address, and stuff at the top, the header.
0: So the idea is not to change the formatting too much. The idea is to really think about the content. You're you're branding yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Some people will say, well, I I took off my experiences because I I, I want to fit it on one page. No, 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 no. The idea is not to take off stuff. The idea is to know how you're going to package it so everything fits. Now, that's a challenge, which is why I really, really have a headache when I help people do their resumes because it's it's a serious
1: exercise. <laughs> but you, in in everyone else's defense, you're very good at it. As someone who's used you or and used you, but had you help with their resume, you're very good at it.
0: But it, but it's not easy. I enjoy no. doing it because I enjoy seeing a finished product, but it's not, I mean, it's definitely not easy. It's, no. it's, it's it's like basically it's a marketing exercise. It's saying, what's the most important part of this? How do I highlight those while downplaying the rest and still be able to keep all the information there?
1: Well, even given that, from what you're saying, given that it's not easy, you would tell people to pro- – would you recommend that people take their time with us and actually go through several revisions before just submitting it?
0: Definitely. If you are a younger person looking for a job fresh out, out of college in college whatever the case may be it's only with some of the revisions you're going to do right but for folks who are more seasoned looking for jobs you have to realize that you're looking for jobs in the same market pool as other seasoned people too and at, and at that level it becomes it's, it's sometimes it's even less more about the resume now it's more about your networking abilities and your ability to know people to be able to get you in the door but the resume still speaks for itself so it's a matter of making sure you put the most important information and make sure those are highlighted, you know, before. So, I mean, some people would like have 10 bullet points for a job as a cashier. When you do a job as a cashier, but then you went to school to become an accountant, that cashier job, you can still leave it on there if you want. But no more than two bullet points, because that can assume what a cashier does.
1: That's a good point,
0: right? So yeah. more important jobs. This speaks to what you want to do in the future, more bullet points, and the ones that you really, really don't care much for, but you just need to put it on there because they fit a timeline to make it to people who know that you didn't just quit working for seven years, then put that on there and put two bullet points. My resume is on two pages. and There's a struggle every year, keeping it on two pages, right? And the reason why, I mean, so for me, what I've just learned is that, so my first job as a corporate recruiter was 2003 when I got that job, right? I used to have like six bullet points to explain that job because it was the only thing I had going for me. Right. But I'm so many years roof that now, I've reduced that down to three bullet points. And then the job after that, I reduced like five bullet points and it just builds up. But my current job is what well has six bullet points or something like that. Because oh. usually I shouldn't have to go more than your first, your last two jobs to really know who you are today. Everything before that is what got you there.
1: So you just kind of updated it Accordingly, to and based on what you're applying for, I mean, I'm sure you probably tailor it to whatever job you're applying to.
0: Honestly, I don't really make that many changes on my resume, honestly. Because my resume speaks for itself. I mean, then again, I'm coming from somebody who's been in the same industry for 10 years, 10 and a half years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's similar roles for 10 and a half years. So people that are in my industry of talent acquisition and management, they speak my language. I don't have to change things much. Now, if you're going, if you are If you're switching from a job in marketing to a job in engineering, yeah, you have to change that. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, let me not kid myself. (laughs) I don't believe resumes should have too many different iterations to them. Your cover letter should speak to the changes or what you want them to know. Slight adjustments in your resume, but if you catch yourself adjusting your resume, every job you have to apply for, something is wrong there.
1: So you would say, because everything's about branding. You, you had mentioned that earlier. You're kind of branding yourself and, and presenting it. So that resume should be a representation of you.
0: It, 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 yes, it does. Yes. So if the question doesn't look clean, you're, you're not a clean person to me, right? <laughs> the resume is not it doesn't easy to flow. You don't, you don't pay attention to detail because why would you put this out about yourself?
1: So then would you say the thing that changes is the cover letter?
0: The cover letter changes with every job you apply to.
1: Okay. So why don't, why don't we, what is it about the cover letter that, would you say that people should spend time on that as well?
0: Definitely. Because the cover letter to me is like, everybody's going to have a resume. The cover letter tells your story outside of the resume. So for me, the cover letter has, follows a basic format and you can, you know, upgrade it in different ways if you uh, with other ideas, whatever. But the most basic format is basically saying, thank you. I mean, no, um, I, I'm applying for this position that I found at this source, whatever the case may be, you know, I believe that my my, my, my qualifications as evidenced by my resume meet the requirements of this position. Then I want you to really go into what you believe some of the key requirements are and some of the key experiences you have that actually meet, meet that requirement, right? So you're looking for somebody with great, sales abilities, as you can see on my resume, my position at this company allowed me to increase sales growth by this many stuff, right? looking for somebody who had, who meets these educational qualifications, you know, attending this university and receiving this degree has helped me do that. So you really have to understand what that job description, what that job posting says, be able to take that, condense it, and then justify it on your cover letter.
1: And that's really the first thing that they see.
0: Right. Yeah. Because your resume is great. But if I say cover letter, I'm going to go read your cover letter now to see what you have to say about yourself. Because it's not you marketing yourself.
1: So then, then that warrants the question. Have you ever reviewed a cover letter and said, yeah, I'm not going to go look at the resume?
0: Not really, because a lot of times the resume is still where the meat is, honestly. Mm-hmm. But if your cover letter is poorly written, grammar issues, now you're telling me you can't write.
1: So it still does play a part.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're going to put a cover letter out there, make sure there are no spelling errors. Make sure it actually sounds like English because then you're going to be judged for things that I wouldn't have seen if you never sent one.
1: Have you ever gotten someone writing a cover letter uh, that's addressed to the, a different company? Like <laughs> like they made a mistake?
0: Yes, because people just go on monster.com or whatever. They just press submit, 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 submit. submit. Oh, right. Yeah. So a lot of times if you're looking for a job, let's say you are on idealist.org or indeed.com and looking for a job and you can easily apply that. You can push an apply button from that website to Mm -hmm. apply. LinkedIn allows you to do that. Monster, Caribbean, they all allow you to do that because you can upload your resume up front and cover letter up front. You can just press submit. Don't ever do that. That's too easy of a way to do things. Right. Mm -hmm. That means you just press a bunch of companies. I can tell. Cause it's not catered to me anymore.
1: Yeah. Right? And it, it's just too easy to make a mistake.
0: Exactly. So take the extra step. My suggestion, the company, when name is there, their websites, there go to the company's website, look up their careers and job section, go find it on the company's website, and then take the time to put together a packet to apply through the company's portal. Huh? Now, trust If they apply through monster.com, the company will get it. But it's just a matter of eliminating the risk of making a mistake. you you make it doing the easy route.
1: Okay. Would that be the only reason to, to avoid using something like, like, do you recommend Monster and Idealist and Indeed and all those sites?
0: I, I mean, yeah. I, okay. I, some, there's some good things about each of them, right? Mm-hmm. Idealist is great because it's basically a center for nonprofit jobs, right? Okay. And I always tell people, if you're looking for jobs in a corporate industry and you're just not getting any luck, Try idealist because nonprofit organizations will love to have these people with these skills. They might not be able to pay as much, but trust me, they'll give you great experiences if you're willing to just, you know, suck up the salary portion a little bit, a little bit. And that's a good place to get experience while you're still looking for a job in a bigger market, right? So that's great. Um, Indeed is great because Indeed basically like crawls every other search engine, I um, mean, job engine and put it all on their website. So if you go to Indeed.com, they probably have most the same job announcements that monster will have, career will have. They have all of them crawled into that website. Monster.com and career builder.com honestly or just messy. That's just my opinion. No. They're I just agree. Too, their I own agree. good. And it's just too, it's just too much crap to sort through, right? I
1: agree. Yeah.
0: LinkedIn on the other hand is great. I love LinkedIn because of the suggest they give you suggestions based on your LinkedIn profile. So if you have a good LinkedIn profile that tells a good story about you, mm-hmm. That, they- the, the, the boolean searches for which jobs to present to you all of a sudden start making sense, right? Yeah. So you're all on LinkedIn Doing stuff. And all of a sudden a job announcement pops up. Oh, that's very interesting. Right. Um, but there's a challenge though, because if you go press that apply button on LinkedIn, if you like LinkedIn gives you this feature where you can like, look at your LinkedIn resume and all it is, is your LinkedIn profile in PDF format. <laughs> it's not it? the sexiest yeah. format in the world.
1: But right. It's, it's not necessarily what you want to submit though
0: Exactly So if you go press that submit button on LinkedIn To apply for that job What you, what you just gave them is your LinkedIn version Of your resume Everybody can go out there on a LinkedIn w- welcome page On their home page I think there's a, there's a button there Where you can actually look at your own resume According to LinkedIn Now look at that and ask yourself this is what you want to send to people Or you want to take the time to send that document That you put together yourself
1: Yeah, especially if you took time to, to put it together Yeah Well, that actually brings up a point, Jay, because you talk about LinkedIn, and this is something me and um, some other people who are having this conversation going back and forth. This is something that LinkedIn just started probably in the last year, I want to say, and that's the uh, endorsement. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? I mean, I've had people endorse me. Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. I've had people endorse me um, for my field of career, and they have never seen me in action in this field, like they are my family friends, yeah. or they're they're some of them are co-workers in a different industry, and they're endorsing me for things that they've never, like if they were on this, uh, if they were asked, they couldn't tell you anything of what I did now, you know.
0: I have people who I don't know that endorse me. Yeah, But I, I actually, I I made this argument the other day. I don't know if it's fact or not. I almost think. This is me. This is the conspiracy theorist in me, right? Because I hate Mark. I love marketing, but I hate marketing at the same time. I love the. I hate the tools that people use to make more money in the marketing space. So I almost believe sometimes that LinkedIn pushes the endorsement buttons just to have you believing that the endorsement thing works, so you can then turn around and go start endorsing people.
1: (laughs) Well, I I think you might be right. I, I I just it I get these endorsements and I'm like, but you have never if if a future employee employer potential came back and looked at your profile and just asked you, Hey, so what do you think about Amy's culinary skills? Um, you would not be able to say anything at that point. Yeah. I think you'd be yeah. lying
0: yeah yeah i mean so for me endorsements are crap right it might get to the point where we get to endorsements 5.0 right mm-hmm. and it makes sense but well, for right now it's crap i mean nobody really I, I know i don't pay attention to that i don't pay attention to it because i know how easy it is for endorsement to happen because i've seen it happen with me right yes yes now i'm also not one of those recruiters i'm a high, I'm a high volume recruiter so i mean every day i have like i don't know uh and you're, <laughs> you're always busy
1: right? yeah
0: Right. I mean, so for me, I recruit a lot of people. I don't have time to go research everybody's from a social media standpoint, right? Now there are some recruiters out there, God bless their hearts, who have like five job descriptions that are hiring for at one time. So they have all the time in the world to go look you up on social media and check out all these LinkedIn endorsements and such. Good for them. I'm glad they have the time. I don't. Right. Yeah. So for me, I don't look at those things anyway. I could care less. Right. Um. So even just the other day, so for me, let's be clear, endorsements for me make no sense for right now. They don't have a place in the recruitment world. If I saw a recruiter today was looking at those and paying attention, I would almost want to fire them if they don't work for me, right? So that's different. Now, another one is the the recommendations, right? Yeah. You know, like somebody can recommend you personally on your, on your LinkedIn page?
1: Yeah. And write a, write a review, I think, or something.
0: Write a review. Right. Now, that for me is, I, I'm, I'm a little torn there too. Now, I think recommendations are great if you're a business owner, if you're a consultant, and you need people to speak for you because you, you have to convince people to give you a job, right? Mm-hmm. But there are people who fish out compliments, oh, right? Okay. So when I go to the webpage and... When I go to your LinkedIn page and you have 50 recommendations by 50 different people, there's no way 50 people said, you know what? I have so much time. I'm going to recommend you on LinkedIn. People are out there asking for recommendations.
1: Interesting. Okay. Now, for
0: me, for, for me, it's like, I mean, that's fine. If you want to build a brand and need people to talk about you, that's perfectly fine, right? It's right. your world. If that matters to you, then do it. Maybe that's why... People on beating my door down every day to offer me jobs, right? Because <laughs> I don't have people recommending. Right. Anything. But you I, I want to be able to believe I go out and look for a job of my own. I can stand on my own qualifications. And I thought about it recently because I have a cons- – you know, so Remain Employable stands on its own outside of what I do on a day-to-day basis. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I really don't have the time to market Remain Employable because with that comes additional work. I really don't have the time right now for additional work, but the goal of remaining employable is starting to start a consultant firm. When that time comes from the early stage, I'm going to need like this huge injection of brand building. Right. Mm-hmm. So that I can then use that to get, you know, additional work. Right. Cause now I want the work when that time comes, I might be one of those people saying, Hey, I did work for you. Recommend me
1: mm-hmm.
0: just to get started. Right. And then when I, once I realize that I, I now have, it was attention I don't need it anymore i don't need to go fish i don't to go fish for compliments every day
1: right right and but that's it don't you think it's a little bit different though given that it's uh you know remain employable as a service and such so it's your business whereas
0: yeah yeah if, yeah, it's a little different like for my actual job hopefully my performance evaluation speaks for it
1: well at the same <laughs> time if, if you um i mean do people ask for for references
0: by the time i'm about to hire you when i ask you for references. I'm going to assume you're not going to give me a bad reference. Right. You so hope. I was already, I would hope, right? I mean, I've had time I should give it to somebody. And I call that person. They were like, yeah, don't hire them. I'm like, wait, why would they tell me to talk to you? Then? <laughs>
1: they, they gave you a reference that essentially sold them out.
0: Basically. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing the stuff that happens out here, but I, I assume automatically that you're going to give me folks that are going to speak great things about you, right? It's like when I ask for a letter recommendation for a scholarship, mm-hmm. you are not going to tell somebody who is not going to speak highly about you. Most of the time, I, am, I assume you're going to write those letters and then have them sign it, right? It's, or most people come to me and ask me to give them a ref, do, be a reference person for them. And because I know them personally, I'm like, of course, I'm going to say great things about you. I care about you. So usually, by the time we get to that stage of references, I've already made my decision about hiring you.
1: But at the same time, you would caution uh, people to use people that would speak positively, right?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because that's like this last test where if you're dumb enough to give me somebody that's bad, it's going to say something bad about you. Maybe I don't want to hire you. Maybe you have bad judgment skills then, right? (laughs) And a lot of times, really, we do this honestly more for HR policies. We don't want to get sued. We want to make sure that we did all these different things to make our decision so that one person can come and say it was a subjective decision.
1: Right, right. I, I remember one time um, back in college when we were doing interviews for um, the scholarship program and someone actually had a reference and we were they were telling us the story of the reference person actually did not have good things to say about this potential applicant. And I wow. was just so surprised because... It was, it was more like, I guess she was, there's something about uh, a lukewarm uh, endorsement that doesn't mm-hmm. really sway, you know, I, and I've, I've done some, some interviewing and, and hiring and things, and there's something about lukewarm that doesn't go in the positive direction. It not in that, in that situation, it was um, more of a, they're kind of lazy, they're kind of. This, but I've had others where it's like a lukewarm ones, which which kind of also I think lukewarm recommendations are just as dangerous as bad recommendations.
0: Oh, definitely, because you selected those people. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you selected those people, right? Yeah. Now, if you got a lukewarm one from your current boss, that's understandable because most people know that they have to put their current boss, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: For the most part, right? So I mean, but if you gave me your uh, two bosses a go, right? And, and that's just a taste on your part, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, yeah. Usually, we're asking to write letters of recommendations or give them a a a, 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 endor- a referral endorsement, I tell them, "What do you need me to say?" That's the first thing I ask. That's I mean, actually- if you're going ask me to lie completely, then mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. <laughs>
1: And actually, that's probably a good good place to kind of just talk about Remain Employable uh, as we wrap it up. Um, why don't you tell a little bit about what your website does, Jay?
0: So RemainEmployable.com um, is a website that I started in 2009 uh, with the idea of helping folks back then uh, who were you know looking for jobs. Uh, obviously, 2009 was a really bad time in the nation's economy. And I had a lot of friends who were looking for jobs coming out of graduate school, coming out of undergrad, uh, who were being laid off looking for jobs so it really started off as really just doing resume reviews um, and, and I did that for a little bit um, and then honestly got a little tiring because it took a lot of time uh, to do each individual resume and so actually rather unfortunate that I would say 70% of people who I did resumes for I never heard back from them once I sent them the final version not even that that was a little discouraging um, but because of time management and me job stuff picking up life picking up, uh, i really then decided to focus more on small group um on work uh previously doing training sessions in the community around resume stuff instead of doing in, um because all these things were being done for free obviously um to t- today i still do some resume reviews uh based on referrals and i know people that really really need a resume review um and i do those things you know it just takes me a little bit longer to get back to them uh but i'm spending more time now uh, just talking to small organizations, community organizations, and helping to train people that way. That way, I don't find my find myself being stressed out all the time. So, uh, remain employable is definitely there for folks that need to help. Need me help with this? If you need one on one help, let me know. Um, I'm always available to have chats via Skype, tell cell phone, meeting in person if I'm in the area. Uh, just to go over resumes, discuss interviewing skills, uh, salary negotiations, uh, what dress for success looks like, all those different topics. Um, that's Remain Employable. Our, the website, obviously, is RemainEmployable.com. My email address is J-J-A-Y at RemainEmployable.com. If anybody just wants some general advice over email, uh, I can probably respond to those a lot faster uh, than meeting in person, whatever the case may be. Um, yep, that's it.
1: Awesome. Thank you again, Jay, for coming out. Guys, check out remainemployable.com. It's great for uh, groups especially. Just contact them and, and get a bunch of yourselves together. Maybe uh, clubs or organizations could reach out. And um, one thing that Jay was saying earlier, real quick, is how some people didn't write back or thank him. or And it's not because he's looking for thanks, but in general, when you send a resume or do something for someone, that thank you, that follow-up you do, is actually very important. And um, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's it it stands out for someone.
0: I mean, in, let me say, this, in 10 and a half years of recruiting, I've received three handwritten thank you cards. Three. After an interview, three. The rule around the industry says that maybe about 30, 40% of applicants send a thank you note after the interview is complete. That's horrible. When we talk about a, 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 a company Telling you how you did during the interview and letting you know if you got the job or not, a lot of companies aren't doing that. And I don't like that. Companies are doing a horrible job when they interview someone because at the end of the day, that candidate invested their time, their money to go on a job interview and prepare for this one company. Their emotional investment. And when companies don't respond to that, it's a piss poor look on the company and they should be judged for that. Now, turn around and look at the candidate who's applying for the job. Mm-hmm. We invested all those things. Right. Yeah. Who's now usually in a place where Derek's not like, well, going to find a job? And you don't send a thank you note? Judge yourself.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> mean, that's bad. It's true, because it, all it takes is an email, a quick email, a follow up phone call. A handwritten note is really nice. If you do it, then I, I give you that's even more.
0: Right. I'm not, that's not a And so then what I do is I actually handwrite a thank you note in advance. On my way out, I give it to the secretary to make sure to put it in the person's mailbox so I know it gets there. And then I still go home and send a thank you note over email just in case the secretary is lazy.
1: That's a great idea. Right? Yeah.
0: And all of this, you have to go to Google. Just go to Google and type interview thank you template. There are plenty of resources online. I don't understand how people don't do these things when there's so many resources online.
1: That's a valid point, because you could just Google things, guys. You can just Google it. but Google everything. Google, Google everything, everything, including jobs you may be looking for. But uh, check out Remain Employable. Thank you once yeah. again, Jay, for taking the time out of your day. after. Uh, this is after a work day. Both of us are doing this. So thank you so much. Um, and there's so many more topics on, on careers. We'll see if we can't get Jay to come back out, talk about something else. But appreciate it.
0: No problem. Thank you.
1: I just have to thank Jay again for taking the time out of his busy, busy schedule to talk with us about the hiring process, essentially from beginning to end. Hopefully you found what he said to be useful and can actually use it practically in your own life. If you know of anyone who is also trying to make moves this year, please feel free to share this podcast with them. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, and the website itself, amyj21.com. As I mentioned before, any of the links that Jay had mentioned in our talk can be found on the website itself. Hopefully you guys are finding this year already off to a great start and that you're making moves and living without regret. So till next time, peace.
2: Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with Amy on Twitter at @amyj21. That's A I M E E J 21 or leave a comment on her website, ChasingDreamsHQ.com. We hope you'll join Amy next week, and until then, keep chasing.